we're on Psalm 67, and we're doing, doing a nine-week journey through mission. And our Wednesday Bible studies have been a lot of fun. It's also been very enriching. Uh, it's forcing us to look at what is mission and, and what is God's plan and why should we do mission. Um, let, me, let me dive right in and say last week the whole premise is this. We fell, Adam and Eve sinned, but God took the initiative to come and save us. God is a God who didn't sit back and say, oh, you messed up again. Here, here are ten ways to get back to me. Instead of that, God kills an animal, covers their nakedness. God comes into the garden and says, where are you? He's looking for them and he finds them instead of waiting for them to eventually come around. And so this is your story and my story. That God has been chasing after us. I grew up in a Christian home with my mom and dad. We're both elders. I wasn't a Christian until eighth grade. It wasn't growing up in a church that saved me. It was in eighth grade when I realized going to church didn't make me holy, righteous, forgiven. I need Christ. And in 1988, I saw and received and trusted in Christ. And my life was changed. Literally it changed because I used to curse every other word in eighth grade. And that night after I really understood the gospel and was transformed and the Holy Spirit came into me. And I realized I, I can't even utter these darker words. Something transformed in me. And so this God comes to you and me. He doesn't ask us to figure it out. He, he's a God on a mission. And so if God is on a mission, the beautiful thing about we're going to talk about today is God is inviting you and me to that mission. So today in Psalm 67, Psalm 67 is a beautiful text. It merges two important Old Testament scripture for the Jews. For Israel, this was a beautiful text. It merges the Aaronic blessing. How many of you have heard the Aaronic blessing? All of you who have been to our church, you raise your hand. Because at the end of our worship, one of the most often ways I leave the benediction is, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. That's the Aaronic blessing straight out of Numbers chapter 24. So Psalm 67 marries this with another text, Genesis 12. And so let me, let me see if I could get us going. Genesis 12. And let's read it together. Well, here we go. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So these two texts are merged into Psalm 67 with this premise. God is inviting all people, you and me, into his mission so that through the blessing we receive, we can be a blessing to the world by sharing the good news. This is it. So in a nutshell, why were you saved? Why did you become a Christian? How did, why did God pluck you out of sin and death? And one clear answer here is this. To be his messenger, to be a blessing to the world. It is not a ticket to heaven. It is not a say this prayer and you won't have to go to hell. But it's God has 
pluck me from death into this life with him so I could be a blessing to all nations. And so the primary method God chooses, and I don't know why, there are many different ways to, to get to the world, but God chooses to use broken, imperfect, messy people like you and me to bring this blessing to all the nations. That's the only way he uses it. He doesn't come in a pillar of cloud anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't part the waters. He sends messy, weird <laughs> Christians from La Mirada, California to the world to be a blessing to the nations. This is Christianity. This is what Psalm 67 is saying, and the Jews are realizing this. Genesis 12, 1 through 9. Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. That's nice. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. That's great. And then here it is. So that. Can you say so that? So that. There's that clause. Why is God going to make my name great? Why is God going to bless me? So that you will be a blessing. This is why we have been so blessed. This is why we are blessed. It doesn't end with us. So somebody said this, you're not a pot that collects God's blessing. You are a conduit that channels God's blessings through you for the world. Isn't that beautiful? Now just don't raise your hand, but think of yourself. Have you lived yourself like a pot saying, bless me, bless me, bless me. In that way, blessing is not good. Bless us. It's just about me. But if you know that the perspective of your life to the very end when you're 102, I hope I'm 102 and I'm praying for the nations and I'm still proclaiming God, that my aim in life is to point people to God through Jesus Christ, I'm going to say, bless me, bless me, bless me, that I may be a conduit of your blessings. Be a pot? What does it mean? Uh, English definition, blessed. A favor or gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. The invoking of God's favor upon a person. Now, you could, you probably said this, you've heard this. I feel lucky. I'm just fortunate. I have a great life. Some of you have said that. Oh, I earned, I worked hard to get to where I am. But if you believe in the God of the Bible, everything we have, instead of that, we probably are more accurate in saying, God has blessed me more than I could imagine. If you have clothes without holes, if you have a home without a leaky roof, if you are safe tonight, if you are not concerned about hunger, and in America we still have hunger anxiety, but for most of us, we don't worry about, are we going to get good food tonight? We're blessed. Amen? We're, we're really blessed. And so why are we not feeling blessed? Because we're acting like a pot. Bless me, bless me. I want more. But if we recognize, boy, God has already given us so much, I could start thinking about other people. And throughout history, this blessing of God, whenever he blesses us, if you notice, Bondages are broken, reconciliations are made, restoration of communities. In fact, arguably, the slavery trade, the, the black slave trade from Africa and the 
and the uh, abolition of it was spearheaded by Christians. Christians who said, wait, we're all made in the image of God. Even the black people, yellow people, brown people, we're all made in the image of God. We don't own them. And so the biblical slavery was indentured servant, but the modern-day slavery was, oh, they're not people. So even Charles Spurgeon, uh, not Charles Spurgeon, Charles Darwin, wrong guy, Charles Darwin, you know, used black people as like a form of category of the apes, and white people were more developed. Obviously, modern science has totally annihilated that. But Christians said, wait a minute. We're all made in the image of God. We are meant to do great things. And this is what the gospel does. God has come to bless us, transform lives. And when your life is transformed, guess what else is transformed? Your family. And when families are transformed, guess what transforms? Society. It starts at the home. It's always started at the home. Deuteronomy 6 started at the home. Sunday school starts at the home. There was no Sunday school in Deuteronomy time. Moses didn't say, go find a good temple where the youth group kids have great pizza parties. He said to mom and dads, remember the Lord your God is one. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind. Put it on your forehead. Put it on your doorpost. Make them memorize it. It starts at home. It doesn't go to an institution. And so Genesis 12 is showing us God wants to be a blessing to the whole world. He wants to bring this to the whole world. And it only comes when we come back to God. Uh, Mike Leake, uh, he was a writer and a Christian writer. He's quoted, the blessing of God is to live in his rest, to share in his creation, and to do this within the context of relationship. What a great summary of Christian life. Let me read that again. The blessing of God is to live in his rest. You all know what that means. Like to find rest with God is just such a blessing. To share in his creation and to do this within the context of relationship. So in Psalm 67, uh, there are two layers of blessing in Psalm 67. The first layer is this. And some of you, we talked about it just now. It's this material blessing. So when we're blessed, the world can see, wow, their God is something else. That we have wealth, that we have leverage, that we have material, and the world's taking notice of it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to be successful. Uh, one of my close friends in youth group days, his father was the top six executive at AT&T in the 1980s and 90s. He was uber rich. Invited us to his house. It was a mansion. You go to his house, they have old used furniture, old carpet they use. Inside was just like the most humble, modest thing. He just bought the shell of a house. And that father was one of the deacon of the church. And you would never know that he was that wealthy. He was such a humble guy. He was using all of his wealth and material blessings. Why? How? To further the kingdom of God. That imprinted in me. His mom was a youth pastor. He was that goofy kid that always got in trouble in youth group. I think that's why we, and I, we got along. But his family, wow, your dad is this guy? So humble. And so they bought that house as an investment, but they're like, this is not our identity. This is the blessing of God, and we're going to take everything and divert it to the kingdom of God. So Psalm 67 is bless us. Bless that we've been blessed. God, you have blessed us. Uh, may God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face shine upon us that you may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Bless us, why? 
that you may be known in all the nations. And so the second blessing, though, is where it gets really deeper. There's a first layer of material, the second layer of blessing, the real blessing. I think John Stott, in his article, The Living God is a Missionary God, nails it. John Stott writes this. What then is the blessing with which all the nations were to be blessed? In a word, it is the blessing of salvation. We were under the curse of the law, but Christ has redeemed us from it by becoming a curse in our place in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles that we might receive the power of the Spirit through faith. Christ bore our curse that we might inherit Abraham's blessing. Genesis 12, you and I received it. That blessing of justification and of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Paul sums it up in the last verse of the chapter. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So, right here and now, this is what blows my mind. What God said to Abraham in Genesis 12 is fulfilled here. Look around. Each of us are here in Christ as heirs of Abraham's blessing. We have been recipients of it. Through Christ, but the lineage of Abraham continues. That's mind-boggling. We thought the Bible was this ancient text, but it's practical and applicable to us now. By the way, what does that make you and me? We're brothers and sisters. This is why we're connected as a family. And when a family of church fights one another or gets into petty arguments, it's one way to look at it is, oh, that's family. But the other way to look at it, it's so sad. We are family. How, why are we trying to divide one another? So back to Abraham. Abraham wasn't simply called to go to this new land. The Bible points to us that Abraham was also justified, meaning he was forgiven and saved. He was made new. Wait a minute. Jesus didn't come yet. Yes, but his faith in God was anchored in the hope of Christ to come a couple hundred years later. So Abraham, Romans 4, 3 says, what does the scripture say? I have it right here. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He was justified. Just the way you and I are. When we trust and believe in Christ, we are justified, made new, forgiven by his grace in him. And so that happened to Abraham, and as a result of that, he was called out. Now, that points to you and me. Why were you and I saved? Why were we chosen by God? Oh, so we don't have to go to hell, thank goodness. No. That's the small part. You and I have been called out and justified to be a blessing to every nation. This is over from Genesis to Revelation. You see it over and over. So Psalm 67 is this chiastic pattern. It starts and ends similarly. It's like a sandwich. It's like three, two, one, one, two, three, or whatever pattern. And it starts in verse 1 and at the end with this bless us. So let's say it again. Say one, two, three, bless us. That's a great prayer. God, you bless us. You're so good. Keep, keep on blessing us. And then verse 2 to 5, it changes. It goes from a third person to a second person. And it's this. That your way, now he's talking to God, your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. 
Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for the judge of the people will have equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the people praise you. Now, count, take a second, count all the times you hear all the people, people, nations, earth. At least six or seven. Do you see the theme? God, bless us that we may go to the world. See, Christianity in America has become so individualistic. Could we talk about that real quick? We get so individualistic. It's, I'm okay with God. I'm fine. You know, as long as I'm fine, nothing else matters. A lot of us have made Christianity about me and God. But when you read Psalm 67, do you hear that at all? You hear instead, let me be a tool for the world. So a lot of times, we are so unhappy. Do you know why you are unhappy? Selfish people who are self-absorbed and only look at their own life will always be unhappy. That's a fact. You don't even have to go to church for that. That's a psychological truth. Happiest people in the world give and serve and they are blessed because they give and serve. Does, it, does that mean blessing and serving is easy? And the church said, no. <laughs> but there is a weird joy. I would rather be a pastor until the day I die and serve, even though it's hard, than to just sit and wait for people to love me and bless me and serve me and do big things. Something changes. When I think that life is about me, I become less happy. Did you notice that? When I start shifting my focus on others, I start finding happiness. And in Acts, Jesus says it is more blessed to give than to receive. But God's design for us is for the church, the greatest joy and blessing is to serve, is to focus on the world, that the nations, that the world, the third party, our neighbors, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, God is saying, get your eyes off of yourself. Let me take care of you. I will bless you. You be a blessing to the world. This is God's way. And so Christians, we have been blessed much. So uh, you have a bulletin. In the bulletin, you have a note section. I'm going to give you 15 seconds. Write what you have been blessed with. Just, just humor me. Just uh, you have a note section. Write all that you've been blessed with. I started writing and I couldn't stop. I wrote down at least like, I thought I was going to have three, four. Just write down. Just at home, watching YouTube, write something down. Write all that you've been blessed with in your life. I'm going to freeze like this and people at home are going to think they're just kidding. But just write all the blessings. How have you been blessed? continue to write, I'm sure if we stay here 30 minutes, you could spill out that paper up until 30 minutes. Thank you for the shoes. Thank you for the carpet. Thank you for the person next to me. Thank you that I have a car that runs. Thank you for my cousin. Thank you for my mom and dad who raised me. Thank you for the testimony of their faith. Thank you for the deacons. Thank you for 
the, thank you for a nation that we get to live in. The blessings come. And so as you're writing, um, and you could, the point of this is we have been blessed. Why did God bless you with those things? It's not for you. It's to glorify God and for all the nations to be blessed. And so Dave Ramsey says this about he's a big financial guy. If you live like no one else now, later you can live and give like no one else. So think about that. I've seen young people, I did it, maxing out their credit cards, 10 credit cards, max, maxed it out without income, without a job. They maxed it out because they're buying stuff that they don't need. Now, when they get a job, how easily will they be able to have financial stability? Not, not easy. <laughs> so to live disciplined and financially responsible allows you to be able to live and give generously. Some of us are receiving blessings of others because we've been terrible with our own stewardship. But how cool is this? You've been so good with your stewardship that you look for ways to bless other people. Kathy and I live like that. When we get wealth or money or anything that comes in, we look for ways like, God, thank you for this. How is this going to be used? How do you want us to use it? That's the way we live. We, we don't need a brand new car. We don't need things in the world that says we need. We're looking at everything we have and saying we're going to maximize it. We're going to leverage it. We're going to invest it so that we could give to the Lord for his work and for other people when they need it. But if you're always the one, you know that one guy who keeps calling, hey, can I borrow 100 bucks? Can I borrow 1,000 bucks? Hey, I'm sorry, last time, can I borrow $100? Can I borrow $50? Hey, I need to pay the bills. Because you haven't been responsible because you're living beyond your means, you are not going to be a blessing. You will receive the blessing by grace from people, but this is the economy of God. He's saying you live in a way where you have maximized your blessing so you can live and give like no one else. Um, past Christmas, we got a stock pallet of food. Uh, Goya donated these like $50 fruitcakes, literally, on Amazon. And we got it. And then all of a sudden, we had a communication problem. Uh, Alma didn't know this. But I was like, oh, yeah, we'll, like, uh, we'll think about it. And it got delivered. And I was like, oh, no. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to take it, but we got it. So we got like boxes of fruitcakes. And then it dawned on me, what do you do with a blessing like that? Give it away. So we went to the neighborhood and gave one. We wrote a label, Merry Christmas, we love you, CPCLM. And we gave away about 60 of them. And people were so happy to get fruitcakes. It was a miracle. They were like, fruitcakes? Thank you. And one lady ran in, came back with cookies and gave it to me. I'm like, no, I don't want it. Something about that, whatever you receive, when it's turned into a blessing for others, there's something joyful about that. And this is God's way of sharing material blessings, but the blessing of Jesus Christ, the salvation for many. Um, and during our Bible study, uh, one of our elder, Kari, she shared something really, I thought that was powerful. And the blessing is not always good blessings. Sometimes your suffering and your trials can be a blessing. How? When you went through something hard and rough, a challenging time, a tragedy in your life, and you could overcome it through Christ. What happens to that tragedy? It becomes an opportunity for ministry to others who are hurting. 
you have been blessed by God's healing so that you can be a blessing to those who are hurting. Amen? This is the way God works. We have been suffering in our sin, and our hope is Jesus Christ. We can now talk with other sinners. and People say, hey, I was just like you. There's nothing different about us. I just have a Savior who said he loves me. So at the end of it, as we wrap it up, is this. Psalm 67, three instructions. Number one, seek God's blessing. It's good. It's good. And I'm not talking about prosperity gospel. That's something else. That's like, oh, if you have faith, you deserve to be wealthy and healthy. No, no, no. This is seek God's blessing because you understand you exist for God's mission. Bless me. I'll take whatever you got. God, bless me so I can be a blessing. Second, Psalm 67 is telling us, find gladness in the blessor and not the blessings. Parents, you know this. I want my children to love me, not the things that I give to them. I want them to love me. <laughs> That's the true blessing. We want to love God. Not for what he gives us, but for who he is. And lastly, Psalm 67 is telling us, share God's salvation to the world. This is our mission. God is inviting you and me to his mission. I don't know why, but he choose, chose that way. But Psalm 67 is saying this. And I want to end with this final connection. You know this verse? Raise your hand if you know this verse. This is called what? The Great Commission. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, here's a question. When did the Great Commission begin? When Jesus said it? It actually began in the very beginning, Genesis. God's plan of salvation, the Great Commission, starts in the Old Testament. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Exact same message Jesus gave to Christians. Jesus is amplifying the message that God had to save the whole world through the line of Abraham to bring his son Jesus. The Great Commission was God's brilliant plan from the very beginning. This was all his plan. Question is, will you be blessed so that you may be a blessing? Will you be blessed and say, God, bless me to the max because my eyes are on you. I want to glorify you. I want the world to know the joy and praise you. I want the hope of the young generations to know you so you may be a blessing to them. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, ignite in us a purpose bigger than our lives. Perhaps our prayers were actually not big enough. We've only been praying, bless me for my sake. But God, maybe we need to ask you to bless us 
big because you're calling us to the ends of the world. God, I don't know where you're going to take each one of us, but I know your plan and your purpose and, the, and your, your way is clear. That our delight, our prize, our treasure is you and that you are trustworthy. Wherever you send us, it may not be easy, but it's where you want us to be, where your power will be manifested and where your presence with us will go. And so help us to live individually as well as collectively as the body of Christ at CPCLN that we may be a blessing here and to the ends of the earth. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.